Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. You're listening to another ambitious entrepreneurnetwork.com podcast. The voice for entrepreneurs and small business. Now, onto the show. Are you frustrated and confused about how to attract new clients? Nothing you have done is working and you're tired of waiting for the phone to ring. Imagine learning the tips and tools that will help you get noticed and booked by your ideal client and paid what you're worth for your amazing services. Now's the time to make your dream a reality and the Ambitious Entrepreneur Show will teach you how. Now, over to your host, Anne-Marie Cross. Welcome to another episode of Ambitious Entrepreneur Show. My name is Anne-Marie Cross. This is episode 193. I'm a brand and communication strategist and also known as the podcasting queen. Now, did you know that 72% of Fortune 500 companies are B2B, so business to business? And while B2B may not be as sexy, according to my guest, it's where the money's at. And today, he's going to show you how you can get in front of your ideal client with LinkedIn ads. Joining me on today's show is AJ Wilcox. AJ is a digital marketing fanatic who found surprising early success with LinkedIn ads. He started B2 Linked, a LinkedIn ads specific agency in 2014. He's a ginger, a triathlete and a lover of experiences and he and his wife live in Utah with their four kids and his company is a go-kart. On today's show, AJ is going to share, find out who should and who shouldn't be advertising on LinkedIn. Find out also how to build a successful agency and consultancy from your most niche skill, as well as find out the best way to target your ideal customer for the lowest cost. So welcome to the show, AJ. Thanks so much, Anne-Marie. I'm super excited to be here. As I mentioned before, uh, we started recording. This is the very first time I've had anybody on the show to talk about LinkedIn ads. So I'm excited as ever to, to hear you share your insights. Tell us a little bit about how you got into it, being that you had really early success with LinkedIn ads. And I've never really had anybody else on the show that's spoken about this. You know, what's really funny is I've been doing digital marketing, like uh, search engine optimization and Google AdWords for about 10 years. Mm. And what happened is I got recruited into a company here about five years ago, a technology company here locally in the state of Utah. And I went in to talk to the CMO on my first day and I laid out my plan. Here's what I'm going to do with SEO and and pay-per-click advertising and display advertising and all that. And I remember she stopped me and said, okay, all that sounds great. Go ahead and execute. But just so you know, we started a pilot using LinkedIn ads, see what you can do with it. And I saluted her and said, yes, ma'am, absolutely. And then I left her office and started laughing because I had never heard of LinkedIn ads. I didn't even know they existed. Wow. And so I felt like I had a little bit of egg on my face. Like I felt mm-hmm. like, like I was a, a digital marketing veteran. And so really to keep that egg off my face and, and kind of cover my tracks, I went and jumped into the platform and started trying to figure it out. And about two weeks later, one of the sales guys came up to me and said, AJ, we don't know what you're doing, but we love your leads. Keep it up. I go and look at the leads that the salesperson is dispositioning in the CRM system. And all of them were sourced from LinkedIn ads. And so it was at that moment I went, 
okay, there's something to this. Mm. And I think what's really exciting is many, many of us who are B2Bs, we recognize, and, and I have mentioned on a number of other shows, for people who are really helping uh, entrepreneurs and business owners create really powerful profiles that do stand out. So we've had a lot of people talking about that on the show. But as we know, there are key decision makers, there are white collars people there on, on LinkedIn, and it's very difficult to know how best to really approach this and as I said I'm really looking forward to uh, to finding out a little bit more about LinkedIn ads so let's dive in you say that there are people who should be advertising and then there's others that shouldn't be advertising share a little bit more about that yeah so I'm assuming most of your listeners have at least heard of Facebook advertising or, or maybe have even dabbled in it mm -hmm. uh, maybe we even have some advanced advertisers here so what I'll do is I'll talk about kind of the differences here um, Facebook ads is really inexpensive right now it's a nascent technology with tons and tons of of available ad space and so it brings costs way down mm -hmm. LinkedIn people don't spend as much time on LinkedIn and so because of that there's fewer spaces for ads that we call ad inventory mm -hmm. and and it brings cost up so generally here in the United States, and I think it's a little bit less uh, competitive there in Australia, but um, what I see is usually people are paying between 6 and $8 every time someone clicks on one of your ads mm -hmm. from LinkedIn. And the you know the same or similar click on Facebook might be somewhere between eighty cents and a dollar and a half. Uh -huh. And so just because it costs so much more, uh, and I'll explain here in a minute why it's really worth it to pay more, but just because it costs more, it means that you've got to have a larger deal size to make those unit economics work. And so those who should not be advertising on the platform are probably those with smaller deal sizes. Mm -hmm. And the line that I draw in the sand is saying, if you're not making about $15,000 off of a deal, whether it's initial deal or over the lifetime value of that customer, then it's probably not the best platform for you. You should probably stick to Facebook. Yeah. But if you are making those really large deal sizes, LinkedIn ads is probably a great one for you. Something else that I think is very important too is that anybody who is going to start to invest in advertising on any platform really has to make sure that their creatives, their follow-up, everything that happens even after someone reaches out, you know, becomes a lead, very much is uh, on point and uh, works and, and delivers the best outcome. Is that something that you found sometimes can be a detriment to people who start to think, you know what, I'm gonna tap into this uh, resource. Oh yeah, especially if you're paying, you know, six, seven, eight dollars every time someone clicks. Mm -hmm. Any mistake or any inefficiency that's, that's there is going to really be expensive. It's yeah. gonna punish you. Yeah. And so if you're in that, that boat where maybe your advertising program is not yet very sophisticated, uh, you're still trying to work out know what that flow that customer flow looks like and that sales follow-up mm. I would start on a less expensive platform so if you're on the social side I would say Facebook ads is ideal there if you are on the search side meaning that someone you have a keyword associated with your business that people are actively going to be searching for mm -hmm. then I would start with Bing ads because it's the least expensive search uh, like paid search option. Yeah, because I was just thinking, I mean, absolutely, I think that's fantastic is really um, try and, uh, you know, use a number of different creatives and see which one really pulls the best results and obviously similar results as what you were getting from your salespeople who were saying the leads you're generating are just, you know, top class, keep doing what, what you're doing. So I think if we trial it on Facebook, Facebook is just, as you know, a lot of different people are, are hanging out there. So different medium, different ways that we 
approach that. So would you say if we're looking at creating different ads to see which one works the best, that Bing would be a good, uh, a, a good trial platform or are there any other resources that you can recommend as we're really trying to develop the ad that we know, right, we're ready, we're now going to invest in LinkedIn advertising? You know, all of the online advertising platforms out there do a really good job of telling us quite quickly mm -hmm. what performs and what doesn't. Right. So I don't think it necessarily matters which network you start with. If you put up two different messages, the network is incentivized to show only the ads that people are engaging with. Right. And usually, it's not always the case because you can change this, but usually you're only paying when someone clicks. Mm. And so that network is saying, man, we don't make money until we, we find someone who clicks on this. And so if you put up two pieces of creative, one that, that gets interacted with and one that doesn't, you better believe that network is going to show that one. And you'll, you'll find out as an advertiser quite quickly, wow, they care about this value proposition we're sharing, but not this other one. Mm. But what would you say are the, the key things when it comes to creatives and things like that to, to go and advertise? And the reason why I say that is I know that many people, and I'm sure you've heard too, there's two camps. There's the ones that say, well, I'm not paying for any advertising. You know, we've been getting a lot of exposure and that's kind of thing for free. But look, if you seriously serious about growing your business these advertising platforms whether it be Facebook or in this case LinkedIn are absolutely fantastic if you integrate that into your strategy because again they're going to get you out in front of your ideal client and if everything works well if you've got a 15,000 or plus deal that you're talking about that really could get you in front of those key decision makers who are going to say yes what are some things we need to consider well, I think very first off, you need to consider what your ad creative looks like. Mm. So if you look at, at LinkedIn, the background, all of their color scheme is all based around blues and whites and grays. And so if you want your ad to stand out in someone's user feed, you probably want to make sure that it has contrasting colors. So stick to the, the greens, the oranges, the reds. That's going to help out quite a bit. I would also say especially to those people who, who are saying, you know what, I'd rather not advertise because I'm already doing pretty well organically. Mm -hmm. That's great. Like I, I applaud you, but if your business, if you ever feel like your business needs to grow any faster, when you advertise on social media, you're putting your company out there to exactly the right people who, uh, who should, or you'd want to be customers in the future. Yeah. And so if that's the case, it, it's branding, it's getting them in front of, you know, getting your brand in front of those customers. So the next time you do reach out or the next time that they are considering uh, doing something in your industry, you're, you're going to already be top of mind. So um, I, I think it's tips. a great tool, even if you don't need your brand to explode, even if you're only spending, you know, a, a few, a few dollars a day to stay in front of them. It's just a really, really great way to, of branding. Yeah. I mean, branding, I think is so important because you could have the best product, you could have the best service to offer your customers, but if they're not taking any notice of your creators, you know, of your ad, then, you know, that's a wasted opportunity. So very um, good tips there. Let's talk a little bit about how to build a successful agency or a consultancy from our most niched skill. Yeah. So I originally started this agency because I told you about that situation I found my, myself in where I was, you know, just barely found out about the platform and was having some luck. And what ha would happen is I would start doing some things on, on LinkedIn ads and I'd have a question. And so I, I would go to Google or Bing and I would type in, you know, how to do X on on are on uh, on LinkedIn ads mm. and there were no answers no one was out there writing no one was out there publishing and so I thought in my mind like for the first time wow 
I have a skill. I seem to be more advanced at LinkedIn advertising than anyone else out there who's talking. Uh, maybe that voice should be me. Yeah. And so I would suggest anyone out there, if you have a niche skill that you feel like you are truly the best at in the whole world, I can guarantee you that you can monetize that. Mm-hmm. Um, at the time, I was uh, I was very scared of entrepreneurship. I never. Uh, I love, love, love entrepreneurship. I would go to these entrepreneurship meetups and just, you know, bask in the energy of all these entrepreneurs. But if you ever asked me, AJ, would you ever consider starting your own business? I would say, nope, I love having a paycheck. I love that security. Um, You know, that's great for everyone else, but probably not for me. Mm. And so... I had a lot of fear at that point. Yeah, so I would imagine now that you've got quite a number of different articles and posts about how to create a stellar LinkedIn ad, yes? Oh yeah, (laughs) Uh, you know, writing is one of those things that goes really slowly for me, Mm. Um, but I do, I have, my best stuff is out in writing and I'm also putting a lot of energy into creating videos Mm -hmm. and I have some trainings coming out. So um, definitely trying to make sure that that voice is out there for people who need help along the way. Yeah, LinkedIn is a fantastic platform. And of course, if we're now going to leverage and integrate LinkedIn marketing or LinkedIn advertising into our strategy, we really can boost the exposure. But I think what you've just said, and I wanna just uh, play a little bit on this or dive a little bit deeper into this is about creating valuable content and I'm I'm assuming that you shared that on your own probably platform but also using the publish tool that we have on LinkedIn too that's important isn't it because people will often your ideal clients if they're seeing your ad they may also do a little bit of more research into who you are and and what you really offer to make sure to validate that you are who you say you are yes Oh, absolutely. You know, I put on my profile that I'm a LinkedIn ads pro mm-hmm. and uh, and that could be enough on its own to have someone say, ah, you know what? I have a question with LinkedIn ads. I'm going to contact AJ. Mm-hmm. But I cannot tell you how many people who go to my website and fill out my form to talk to me say, hey, I've been watching your videos or I found uh, I found you on a podcast or, uh, you know, I, I found these three articles and I've been researching this. And so I I really think, uh, I can't remember the statistic right now, but I really think this is true that I think it's somewhere around 65 or 70% of the buying process is done before they ever contact a vendor. And so if someone wants help with LinkedIn ads, there's a really good chance that you know, they're 70% of the way there by the time they fill out my form. I'm sure you've got lots and lots of case studies and success stories, but I'm just wondering, are there any that really stand out that perhaps you've either done in your own agency, in your own business, or perhaps one that you've run with a client of yours that really generated some impressive results that you want to share? Just that, you know, because sometimes people will hear these things and it's really great to hear a case study and kind of step by step what happened so that they can, ah, okay, that, that's how it worked. Yeah, sure. So I was working with a company who uh, their target were human resources professionals and really at all sides of the spectrum. They were looking for the junior folks, the senior folks, and everyone in between. Mm. And so uh, the way that social media advertising generally works is because you're showing your ad to people who've never heard of you before. So you generally have to start this relationship by giving them something for free. Mm-hmm. And so they had some some different content, some different white papers that they were sharing. And what we did is we set up uh, different campaigns and campaigns on LinkedIn ads really represent audiences. And so we would do these tiny micro segments and, and I'll explain why in a, in a minute. So what we do is we'd say, okay, segment one, this is going to be HR managers. And segment two is going to be 
HR directors. And segment three is going to be HR VPs, segment four, C-level HR people. And then we'd probably have a segment a segment five that would be, you know, someone a little bit lower than a manager. And what we did is we took this same piece of content and we shared the same ads across all five of those, those segments. Mm -hmm. And then what happened is as we were running, of course we were generating leads along the way. And that's really nice to know. But what was even more interesting was to find out and be able to deliver to the client and say, Hey, look, the content that you're writing right now is really, really engaging to those who are managers and directors, but VPs and the C-level folks, they don't really care like this. They're not engaging. And so I got to tell them, hey, this content is really at a manager or director level, mm -hmm. and maybe maybe you can go and retool some content and get me something that's really focused on the executives, mm -hmm. and and they did that. They they gave that to me, and then we um, a little while later, this is probably two or three pieces of content later, they got me a piece of content that they called the definitive guide to onboarding. And what happened is we released this piece of content across all five segments and all five lit up. We ended up wow. with the lowest cost per lead and the highest uh, conversion rates of anything that we'd run up to that point by a great margin. And, you know, we were thinking, well, what could, you know, make this change? Our landing pages, we're all using the same template. It came down to this one piece of content just really, uh, you know, scored. So I, I think my less my lesson there and my learning mm -hmm. is that a, you can really cover up a multitude of sins in other areas by just having really good content. I might have not even been doing a great job of managing that campaign and we could have still had great results because the content was great. So good. Yeah, absolutely. And it really is a great reminder, isn't it, that uh, it is a process. It's monitoring, tracking, tweaking and relaunching again until the time that we get something that we think, my goodness, we've hit the mark. Uh, because how many people do you hear they do something with any platform, they, they invest in the advertising, and then they say, you know what, it didn't work. Well, that campaign maybe didn't work, but what about tweaking it and, and running another campaign? Let me just dive in. As you're sharing that, you're talking about rewriting. So, and I've never really used any advertising on, on LinkedIn, whatever. So I'm, I'm a real newbie to this, and I'm sure many listeners are too. So... How does it work then? Because obviously they wrote this great content, so they had these white papers. But do you like post them on, like, say, the publisher tool, and then use that to boost? Like, the, do you pay advertising to boost that post, or do you create a whole new creative ad that kind of directs people to that that, that content? How does it work? Oh, that's such a good question. So usually when I'm doing advertising, my goal is to get someone off of LinkedIn.com and onto the client's website as fast as possible. Ah. And the reason why is it's really hard to stand out on LinkedIn because everyone else looks the same. And so if I can have the client set up a landing page and that landing page is nothing except uh, the title of the article that that you can get if you give us your email address, a form and some bullet points that say, if you read this piece of content, here's what you're going to get out of it. And maybe a little bit extra, but what happens is someone comes and fills out that form and immediately they're presented with the download of a, a piece of content. Now also keep in mind that most people are using social media on their mobile devices. And so it's really helpful in this case if you also send the link to your content piece to their email as well, because they may not want to download a PDF onto their yes. phone and 
you know, squint to read. What you were finding, the different campaigns, you could track who that was, whether they were an HR director or a manager. Um, and then, yes, they clicked through because you were monitoring that. And obviously that report that really went well got the highest uh, conversion. So sign-ups uh, for that particular report. Fantastic. Now, some of the things I'm sure that you've just said right now very much aligns with learning the best way for us to target our ideal customers with the lowest cost. What are some other things we need to be aware of? Well, the targeting on LinkedIn is so incredible. And this is why I feel like the platform is so underutilized. Um, you can target almost by anything that is in someone's LinkedIn profile. And so the four ways that I go about targeting any given professional, and they're, uh, each one has a little bit different of a personality that I can cover if, if we have time, but, um, but I'll name them off. You can target by job title, by job function, which is essentially what department someone works in mm -hmm. in their company. And I'll, I'll layer on a level of seniority on that. You can target by skills that people have in their profile. So for instance, if you want to reach a digital marketer, if you only did um, if you only did, you know, a digital marketing title or an online marketing manager or something like that, you might not get someone who had a specific skill in social media ads or Facebook ads or Google AdWords, but you can target by those skills and it doesn't matter what someone put as their job title, you can still get access to people who have those skills. And then finally groups for the same reason, you can say, Hey, there's this group that is all about digital marketing. If I target the members of that group, I'm going to have you know, a perfect target here of digital marketers. So I start with those four and then I layer on things like, uh, like the company, the company size or the industry that the company's in or education level or how long someone has been in, uh, in the workforce, things like that. And wow. then there are some tricks to keeping costs down as well. Uh, do you want me to, to go into oh, those? Oh, look, this is just valuable information and people are poised with their pen and paper. So the, the floor is yours. Yes, absolutely. Okay. So, um, if you talk to LinkedIn, if you go in advertising and you get a rep from LinkedIn, they're going to tell you uh, a few things. Number one, they're going to tell you, you need to set your bids really high. And bidding in, in online advertising is essentially saying, this is how much I'm willing to pay maximum for each time someone clicks uh, or engages with my ad. And so uh, they will tell you you need to bid really high, and they'll tell you that you need to have these audience sizes that at least 300,000 people are in. I vehemently disagree with both <laughs> okay. of those things. Yeah. Um, I really like to have very small targeted audiences. On LinkedIn, you can target down to a, a group as small as 1,000. So if you get too targeted and it goes under 1,000, it'll tell you your audience is too small. Mm -hmm. But if I can get somewhere between 20,000 and 50,000 people, I think that's a great audience size. Yeah. And when I very first launch ads, I will set my bids on the low to medium side, sorry, yeah, like low to medium side of the range, the suggested range they give you. Mm -hmm. And what, what the whole reason I do this is um, that's going to give you the lowest cost per click that you can possibly get. Now, LinkedIn, I understand why they say this. They want you to get enough traffic to fill your budget. But if you are just approaching the platform for the very first time, you're probably approaching it with a low budget. Mm -hmm. So even though you're not going to get all of the traffic that LinkedIn can afford you, you're still going to be able to fill a small budget on, you know, just low bids at that point. And yeah. if you can't, if your ads shut off, you can always raise those bids a little bit and, uh, and start to get enough traffic to fill your budget. Mm. So 
Don't yeah. believe them. Don't bid high and then pay really high cost per click and then run out of your budget halfway through the day. Yeah. And I think that's such a great strategy. And I, I mean, I hear other people across different platforms say, you know, the, the smaller you niche, the more you are going to, well, eight, number one, target the absolute people and, and be able to monitor that to make sure you are targeting the right people. But of course, be very mindful of the, the cost too. And once you start to generate results, I'm sure then, and if everything's working correctly and well for you, then you can increase your budget because you know you're on track. That's exactly right. I mean, once you know it's working, the the next goal is to scale up and, you know, take that as far as the platform will let you go. Yeah. So I'm all for proving out the results and letting it fly. Yeah. One of the things that um, I also like to share, typically because sometimes we we dive into something and we start to do some, you know, take some actions and in this instance, LinkedIn ads. Are there any things other than, you know, be mindful of the ad budget and don't go too large in your targeting? Are there any other things we need to be mindful of? or mindful of that are, don't fall into this trap. Oh, yeah. I mean, I think we start here at the at the very beginning, which is, you know, there are certain types of companies that shouldn't even try. Mm. And that would be like we talked about small deal sizes. Um, LinkedIn, all of their targeting is around business to business. So if you're a business to consumer brand, it's probably not a great place to be if you are asking for a hard sell right up front. So, you know, you're immediately asking for them to hop on the phone with one of your sales reps or start a free trial or, you know, something like that. It's probably not the best place. You need to go and create some content that you can start that conversation with. Yeah. So I think that's first and foremost, avoid those pitfalls um, and save yourself some money by not even starting. And then second of all, I would say start by having a couple pieces of content. Like I shared that story with that client where you know, we, we were using content and uh, you know two or three pieces and they did okay. And then we, we launched one that was amazing. Well, if you only create one piece of content for, and run it for a while, you're gonna be missing out on potentially that home run that your next piece could be. Mm -hmm. So be ready. And then I think the third piece is, and, and this is true of all social media ads, because people aren't asking for this specifically and you're just you're trying to show it to them and, and be in front of them, over time your ads are going to get tired. You, you're going to saturate that audience. And so be ready about – on LinkedIn that – that period is about every 28 to 33 days. Be ready to change your ads, launch something new, rephrase it, uh, use new images. It doesn't take a whole lot of maintenance. Like uh, it takes quite a bit more on Facebook and Twitter ads because mm -hmm. those tire out faster. But just be ready for with some other content and other types of ad copy you can use to keep those looking fresh. Yeah, love those. With the second point you mentioned, have a number of key pieces of um, you know content that you can share. So would that mean that you, perhaps there was one white paper that you created and you start to offer that across various different campaigns and then you share a, the second white paper across the same campaign. So you're releasing them at different campaigns or at the same time in different campaigns? How does that work? Oh, I love this question. So um, coming from the world of search marketing, in Google AdWords, I would name all of my campaigns and my ad groups and, uh, and my ads all around the keywords that I was targeting. Mm -hmm. And so when I went over to social media, uh, it only seemed... Um, I guess proper to name all of my campaigns by the audience. And then what happened is I went and started doing consulting and I found a whole lot of people in social media who are naming their, uh, their campaigns and their ad sets, things like white paper one and 2017 webinar. Yeah. And 
What that means is you're putting money into uh, letting the platform get to know this campaign and this audience and how they interact with you. Mm -hmm. And then you're, you're just going to shut that off as soon as your, your piece of content uh, is tired. So what I advocate doing is create a campaign or in Facebook, they call them ad sets that, uh, that targets a group that you know you want to go after. So in my case, with this uh, this example I shared, maybe this is HR directors. Yeah. You create this campaign and you run maybe your first white paper. And then as soon as that's tired, pause the white paper ads and then launch a, a new white paper. Or maybe it's a checklist or an ebook or something. But launch your other offer in that same campaign. And then what you've done is you've lowered the friction from the ad pr platform's perspective of understanding how uh, their customers are going to react to that uh -huh. uh, because they already have this history built up. Mm. So I say create these evergreen audiences and then run all of your, your different content inside there and you'll end up with lower cost per click um, all the way across your entire history. Yeah. And I think, you know, sometimes as we're starting to build momentum, if we create, say, White Paper 1 and launched it to the HR managers and then we stop that and then, you know, the, the White Paper 2, sometimes if we go back after a period of time and relaunch the White Paper 1, because there's been a bit more momentum and activity there, sometimes they that, that report just picks up. Have you found that as well? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. In fact, to continue that case study I shared, we had this piece that just did amazing and we didn't want to let it go, mm. but it was getting tired over time. And so at one point we paused it and let it retire and launched new content that obviously didn't perform quite as well. But then two or three months later, we resurrected it back and ran it and it, it did great again for a little while. So yeah. yeah, you don't have to have, you know, 25 white papers in order to run a good social media strategy. Mm -hmm. You just need to be able to, to cycle them through to keep things looking new and fresh. Yeah. And I think you mentioned you had three different target, but you were targeting different levels of HR director or manager and, and so forth. How many pieces of content had you created? I mean, some people might have three, some people might have five. Is is there a good number or does that depend on business to business? I think it depends on the business mm. um, and it probably depends on who your audience is. If you have, if you start with two pieces of content, that's what I like to start with right. is because uh, if the first one doesn't do great and the second one does, then you know more of what you should go and create. And you know, on LinkedIn, that piece of content can live for a month or two or maybe even three mm -hmm. if it's really good. So yeah. uh, start out with two and then let that guide you. Yeah, fantastic. Look, AJ, you are a wealth of knowledge. Well, I've just loved speaking with you and uh, certainly learned a lot. But as we know in business, we don't need to be doing everything ourselves. So if you've really, if, if your interest has been stimulating, you think, you know what, I'm not leveraging LinkedIn ads by any means, um, reach out to AJ. They do this. This is their expertise and certainly get them on your team. How can people get in contact with you, AJ? Oh, thank you so much for saying that. Um, you can either go right to the website, which is B2Linked. That's the letter B, the number two, and then the word linked.com. If you go there and you fill out the form on my, on my website, uh, you will not be contacted by a sales rep. You will not <laughs> be put into a sales nurturing flow. Mm. Uh, it will be me personally responding back to you, and I'm not a high-pressure salesman. So even if you have a, a passing interest or a question, feel free to shoot it over to me. And uh, although I'm, I'm quite busy, I will uh, make it a priority to get back to you. Oh, and then the other way, I'm really active on Twitter. So mm -hmm. if you find me on Twitter at at Wilcox AJ, um, then I'm 
you know, usually pretty quick to respond there as well. Yeah, it's interesting that you should say that, AJ, because, um, you know, some articles that I've read lately that there does seem to be a correlation between LinkedIn and many of the, you know, the people on LinkedIn are also on Twitter too. Have you found that as well? I have. And, yeah. you know, Twitter is actually, I'm here talking about LinkedIn, but Twitter is my favorite social network out there yeah. because it's it's so open. Mm. Uh, you don't need this two sides agreeing to connect in order to, to reach someone. And so you just, you can start these awesome conversations. Um, but yeah, I do. I see a big correlation. I think Twitter does a great job of handling uh, news and personal content. And then LinkedIn is your professional side. And, mm -hmm. you know, we're all people who have a professional and a personal side. I think it's a great blend. Fantastic. Well, one of the things, AJ, that we're going to be running as the Ambitious Entrepreneur Show is we are actually taking um, our discussions off the audio and into live Facebook. So, you know, maybe I'll gather a, a, a team of, of, you know, experts such as yourself, maybe around LinkedIn, um, you the ads, someone else the profile and so forth and get a bit of a roundtable discussion going. Would you be up for that? As obviously oh, at a really good time because I know that you're in the US and we're in Australia. Oh, absolutely. Those kind of things are so much fun. And in fact, if you'd like any introductions uh, to LinkedIn pros who can cover uh, other sides, uh, I'm more than happy to make introductions there. Oh, look, fantastic. Yeah, as I said to, to the listeners, this is something that we're doing uh, quite new. I ran my first one, AJ, yesterday, and it was so fantastic. Once we got the uh, the other person, the guest hadn't downloaded the uh, the software, so we had to. We started a little bit late, but as soon as we hit record and, and went live broadcast, it, uh, yeah, but, you know, we had a, a great time. Time, so we'll certainly be doing more of those. So for everybody who does want to pop across, please go. Firstly, for first and foremost, please reach out to AJ. He's a wealth of knowledge, as you can tell from what he shared today. Reach out to him and um, you know learn more. And certainly, don't do it yourself. Invest. You're an expert in your area of an industry. AJ's an expert in LinkedIn ads. But if you want to join us with our upcoming roundtable discussions, all you need to do, I've shortened the link, bit.ly, bit.ly forward slash discuss live. We're going to have some great guests such as AJ coming across. And uh, yeah, we'll do that via video through Facebook Live. Thanks so much for coming on the show, AJ. Oh, Anne-Marie, it was such a, such a pleasure. Thank you so much for the invite. Want to know how to prolong the battery life on your Microsoft Surface Pro? Over the next number of episodes, I'll be inviting one of my fellow Microsoft Surface brand ambassadors to join me on the show to share a tech tip so you can boost your productivity, especially when it comes to technology in your business. Joining me on today's show with her tech tip is Tech Coach HQ herself, Megan Yemmer. So welcome, Megan. Good afternoon, Anne-Marie. So you've got another tech tip for us today. I have. Recently, I was out at a conference and I've been madly working on my Surface Pro and uh, it had decided the battery was rather low. So when I was at the Microsoft stand, they gave me some great tips that they can help me to you know, get the most usage out of my Surface. Mm -hmm. So one of the things you can do is to enable uh, your battery saver, which is down the bottom right-hand corner. You can just uh, swipe across from the right-hand side. Do you miss screen brightness? Now, some of us need our screen to be really bright or you don't kind of feel normal. So I, I often have mine up full bore. Yeah. But really, if you can have it a little bit lower, um, it's actually pretty much in the mo case for most devices. Mm. But that really does save your battery. 
disable Cortana. So Cortana obviously is taking some more issues and background app permissions. Often it will be doing things in the background and that's really on any device, mm -hmm. but making sure you turn those off and then that makes, that makes a huge difference. Fantastic. So doing all those things is definitely going to prolong your battery so that if you are in an event such as what you are at, you don't have to go running around with your power cord going, where can I plug this into? Yeah, it makes, uh, definitely makes a difference. Yeah, absolutely. Now you are someone who specializes in tech tips. How do we get in contact with you if we want to know more? Well, you can check out my Facebook page, which is www.facebook.com techcoachhq. Or uh, you can check out my Instagram at Megan A. Yemma or my, one of my Facebook groups that I have. It's called Tech Made Simple. And, yeah, look for Tech Coach HQ. Look forward to hearing more tips and upcoming shows. Okay, thank you so much, Anne-Marie. Are you a specialist who supports small business and you want to increase your visibility, reach and influence with your own podcast channel, but you don't want to handle the back-end management and ongoing promotion of your show? The Ambitious Entrepreneur Podcast Network is on the lookout for a select group of specialists who are ready to become an influencing voice in their industry. So if you're an aspiring podcast host or if you have an existing business-focused podcast and you're looking for ways to increase your exposure, reach and results by leveraging our podcast network platform, let's talk. To find out more, go to www.ambitiousentrepreneurnetwork.com forward slash podcast host. That's www.ambitiousentrepreneurnetwork.com forward slash podcast host. The voice for entrepreneurs and small business. Well, that brings us to the end of another show. I know you've taken down lots of notes because I certainly have as well. Now, for those of you who have reached out over the past week, thank you so much. You may not have heard, but the Ambitious Entrepreneur show, which is this show, we uh, put, submitted it into the inaugural Australian Podcast Awards. And guess what? We won. Cannot believe it. But you know what? It is all in honour of our great guests, just like AJ today. The show would not exist were it not for our great guests sharing their wisdom. We've got lots of other guests coming up lots of exciting things like our live discussions over on Facebook. We want to help you grow your business and uh, we want you to join us. So please, if you haven't already subscribed, ambitiousentrepreneurnetwork.com forward slash AES iTunes, shout out online and let us know what other topics you want us to cover in upcoming shows. Other than that, have a fabulous week and we'll connect with you again next week. See you later, AJ. See ya. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.